There was a lot of uncertainty in that regard because we weren't sure if we would work well together and we weren't sure if we would actually like each other. If there's like tension coming up, we all see that Cohabit is something bigger than our own egos, I would say. I was getting triggered and frustrated a lot because of so many things happening in my life around that time. In that sense, I was able to feel heard, listened to, but also that I'm not on my own in this journey. Welcome to How I Met My Co-Founder, the podcast where entrepreneurs share raw stories behind how their founding teams met, built trust, and navigated conflict. I'm your host and team relationship expert, Annie Garofalo, and here's your all-access pass into the conversations that can make or break a founding team. Today, we're going deep with the multinational founding trio of Cohabit, a circular furniture rental startup based in Sweden. The three impressive co-founders bring a wide variety of experiences, with Vaish bringing nearly a decade of experience leading nonprofit teams in India, Jed having managed one of the top fast food chains in the Philippines, and Max as a multi-time environmental founder from Europe. They've now come together, working towards a more sustainable world, one couch at a time. If you're curious about the circular economy, the Cohabit team says they're always up for a chat. You can find their Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook handles in the show notes below. Give them a follow and reach out. Now, without further ado, let's jump in and learn a bit about how they met. We were all students of Leadership for Sustainability Masters uh, in Malmo University. And that's where we stumbled upon working with each other on a class project that became Cohabit. It was a, a school assignment uh, to work on a real-world problem that can have a business solution uh, with a sustainability focus. So we had our experiences as uh, students uh, moving from a different country, going into Sweden, and we experienced the problem firsthand with regard to empty apartments, having to furnish it, and then that became a problem that we wanted to explore with the solution. Prior to Cohabit, even if we were in the same class, we never had a chance to work together before before the business. So even if we were in the same class for one full year, we really only worked together during the business. But, but then very intensively, starting from just a, a sheet of paper where the idea has been put down into having three months between finishing the master's and having the first students arrive in their apartments and almost spending every day together, looking out of the window, seeing people going for a swim. And we're sitting there in the summer in the local incubator and just working, working, working to collect the first items so we could serve our first customers. It was a very interesting, intense time. Yeah, an intensive three months. And in coming into your your program, you each of you had prior careers. And then I'm imagining these three kind of threads, and then they come together in this sustainability grad program in Sweden. And magic happens. You meet for a group project. Take us back to kind of that group project moment. Were you right off the bat, like, we should be co-founders, let's make this a business? What was that kind of journey and those, that series of conversations and experiences like to get you to say, we're co-founders? Don't think we ever sat down and had a proper conversation to say, okay, now we are going to found a business or that we are going to start with this, with the intention of building a business overall. 
But what happened along the same time that we uh, were working on the class project is we had also submitted the same idea for a student startup kind of grant. And they uh, picked our idea as one among the 15 that got selected for a funding. And it was a funding that allowed us to pilot uh, with no, um, no other ties or expectations. Over the summer, you can test out your idea and then if it works, then you take it forward. And then for almost two months, we did not start working on the idea actively because we were still working on our thesis. And on the day of graduation, we went into a library. We were the only ones there on a Saturday and we got a whiteboard. And then, okay, if we are really doing it, then we need to figure out what's going to happen. So that was the very first proper conversation that we had with regard to what the pilot is going to look like and what are we going to do with regard to yeah, the next steps. That's, that's amazing. I also love that there was this built-in three-month pilot of the summer months that was funded and gave mm. you the chance to explore not only the business idea, but I'm sure there were also conversations in there about the three of you and how you're working together and how this venture could fit into your lives. Can you walk me through the what those conversations looked like in terms of not necessarily the how I built this of the company side, but the how I built this of the relational side. Prior to Cohabit, we never worked dur together during the class. So we only had a general overview of each other. Oh, Max is this guy, you know, Vaish is this person and so forth. But we didn't really understood, okay, how does each person work? And, and that was something that we wanted to figure out along the way. So... There was a lot of uncertainty in that regard because we weren't sure if we would work well together and we weren't sure if we would actually like each other. But I think when it comes to starting the business, uh, despite that uncertainty, the common thing that we shared was that we all believed in the idea. So it was more of the at that very start, we had that foundation of, okay, we may have our differences. We may not agree on everything, but as long as we know we all believe in the same idea and we believe that cohabit is bigger than you know each individual then you know we could work it through i think we what was kind of fundamental to like making sure that we work together well is we always when we meet we we check in together so we say like okay let's arrive have like a couple of sentences where we are right now so we can also sense into okay where is everyone on a personal individual level? And I think that really helps us to assess on like, okay, if there's like tension coming up, it's not a personal level. It's like just something that you as an individual are dealing with right now because it's life. And also I agree 100% with what Jed said that we all see that cohabit is something bigger than our own egos, I would say. So even though we were learning about like the way we work together and like how everyone works. And yeah, there are, there, are, there were frustrations on like a lot of times, but it's never been on a personal level, more of like, Hey, how do we like show up for the company? And I think that's been a, a guiding thread for us. Each of us have gone through our own personal journey with the organization because when we, decided to work together it was not a very big stake for us in terms of what we were committing we didn't commit okay we are going to do this for five years but what was really important is that we were not getting paid in any way and we were still committing our time and effort 
and the compromises we were making was uh, the easier choices. But during those three months, we somehow, uh, through our own individual commitments, also decided to stay with the focus that we wanted to make it work. It was definitely a sense of commitment that kind of built on itself. The more we invested our time, the more we understood the business, the more we understood the potential that lies within the business to have a larger impact. I think that grew on us that we want to commit even more. It is not without its challenges that sometimes it does ask a little bit more in terms of our personal investment because there could be an easier way to live life without having to go the entrepreneurship route. That makes a lot of sense. And I love what you said about going the entrepreneurship route is inherently risky. And there are a lot of maybe faster, more traditional, more stable ways of making a living. And yet in choosing to start your own company, you're choosing often either um, to optimize for wealth or optimize for control and building something that you want to build and have control over. And it sounds like the three of you are very shared in collaborating on, okay, what are we building? What impact does it have? And also, how does it fit in with each of our lives, not just holistically as this startup, but as humans? Uh, Max, you were saying you had that, the check-ins kind of at the beginning of every call just saying, how are you doing as a human? And checking in on what else is going on in each of your lives. And so I just really admire how intentionally you're building your business and how thoughtful it is. Thank you. But there's not to say that at all times it is a smooth ride. We do have times when we are not comfortable with how something is happening, but it doesn't take too long for us to bring it up. And when we do bring it up, it gets uncomfortable for a short period of time, but then we overcome that because on one side, we do trust each other. We see a lot of potential in each of us. And I mean, I was just telling Jed earlier today, it is not 33% ownership. It's more like 100% thrice. So if we look at it as shared ownership in that sense, we have so much more that we can do together. And I have struggled with it, but I have come to terms that whenever I'm in a conflict, I'm in conflict with the problem that we are trying to resolve, not with my partners. The really healthy mentality. I'm, I'm curious, would you be open to rehashing or sharing one of those disagreements with the listeners and how the three of you manage through that? I mean, we got to pick one out of like the hundreds of instances <laughs> yeah. that it happened. Like browsing through like, but, okay, which one? <laughs> yeah. But I think maybe as a general overview, we all come from different backgrounds. Like for example, myself, I've experienced what it was like to run, to own and manage, you know, fast food restaurants that are high volume, high profit, really stressful and really focused on, okay, how can we optimize our processes to earn as much profit as we can? So it was really focused on that side. And when we came up with Cohabit, uh, it was clear at the start that we needed to set a foundation that was, you know, sustainability oriented. You know, we were focused on impact. Profit is important in a business because you need it for responsible business growth. But more importantly, with what we're trying to do, we're trying to do something different. The foundations in the core values has to be secure. So during the early stages, we were having these arguments about okay, what are we really trying to do? Are we trying to be a profitable business or are we trying to be a sustainable business? Because at the early stages, it wasn't clear how to combine both because our shallow understanding back then was that it was black and white. 
either you're a sustainable business or you're not, either you're a profitable business or you're not. But now what we're realizing is that as we optimize the processes more, then it's actually possible to do both, to have a profitable, sustainability-driven business. So our arguments were starting from that perspective of this is my experience, this is what we should do. And then the other person is, this is my experience, this is what I believe in, this is what we should do. And then usually the other person is usually like the referee in the boxing match, or we just interchange roles every now and then. That's really powerful. Uh, just adding to that, I think this, this approach brings a lot of uncertainty with it. Everything that we are talking about, say the next year or even the next five years, is a projection of what could happen without really knowing that this is exactly how it's going to happen. So the plan that we make today for the next month is still going to be an imaginary plan until the day arrives. And when we get that done, we don't really know that something is exactly going to happen that way. So for me, in a personal level, I think this has helped. I mean, this particular perspective is something I have evolved in the last year because I used to expect from myself to know things or how I'm going into things. And that doesn't always happen. So it's okay to have a little bit flexibility, but having the direction is important. And I also think there's an element there of personal growth and learnings as a founder that I'm really curious about in terms of how you navigate this as a team. So it sounds like, Vaish, like you maybe got more comfortable with uncertainty and the ambiguity of working in the startup environment where one week might not look the same as what you'd thought three weeks prior. And I'm curious, in that example or in other examples, how you feel like, or the team, how you feel like you were supported in that process from your co-founders. And the kind of framework I'm coming from is thinking about what does it mean to be a co-founder, not just from a functional skill set perspective, but from a social and leadership perspective and an emotional support perspective. So I kind of think about what it means to be a co-founder for each team in terms of how you provide functional, emotional, and social support. I learned to really trust both of them and also then trust myself in that. And I know that whatever issue is coming up or like, I don't know how to solve something, I can always turn to them and they, they will always take time with me for me to go through things and explain that to me. And also I think I've, where I've grown into is going from this kind of like puppy that has a lot of ideas and being super excited about like, oh, we should do this. We should do that. We can do this and that. And to them helping me are like, Max, focus. What is important right now? What is urgent right now? Figure out what is the thing you have to focus on right now based on that. And that really got me thinking of like, okay, yeah, it, it makes sense. It is still like a constant practice for me to like be grounded in the present moment of like, okay, what is the next step that is important that is getting us further. I'm still on that path, <laughs> but uh, they have really helped me in keeping me in check um, and guiding me. And that's something I'm very grateful for. That's amazing. And I, when do those types of conversations happen? Is there a separate time for feedback, a scheduled time? Does it happen more real time after like, you've observed something? What's been your experience, even in that particular instance of uh, that accountability? I would say it's on the go, 
first it's kind of it was okay i have an idea and i just shoot it to them in the moment when it is there and then i get i was met with resistance of no like let's focus on this right now and then i would get like ah uh, you know like holding back whereas now like we established like okay guys like this just needs to be heard and seen just take it it's <laughs> like if this is useful now okay let's do it if not fine like i'm totally fine with like having that on a larger scale but i figured out what is it that i need in that moment and the conversations go on the spot of like okay we i mean we do have our scheduled strategy days that we like speak about like the long-term vision and there like we can do all of that but it's yeah i think it's always put on the go of putting it in perspective and we do have our weekly friday reflections where we go over what happened throughout the week and reflect over that, like, and how do we feel? How does that connect to, to us as a business? So I think it's that a mix between scheduled things and on-the-go conversations and alignment. I had one experience when I was getting triggered and frustrated a lot because of so many things happening in my life around that time. And both of them had me sit down Okay, what's happening? What are you tensed about? What are you frustrated about? And in that sense, I know that they are looking out for me. And in that conversation, I was able to share share some of my the things that I was anxious about, things that I was worried about, and also some things that can be solved within Cohabit because some were related to Cohabit, but not everything was. So... In that sense, I was able to feel heard, listened to, but also that I'm not on my own in this journey. And that's very, very comforting for me. When we were doing the pilot, one of those days, we had some kind of a plan to do some things. And then for different reasons, uh, both Max and Jed were not available. And I remember that day very clearly because I felt I was alone in that one moment. And when I shared that with them as a, I didn't want to do this alone and I'm not really uh, comfortable with them not being around. For me, that was almost like feeling alone in the business at that moment. And sometimes it's in our own way of how we deal with the anxiety and triggers that it sometimes blows problems out of proportion. And uh, I mean, I don't feel that anymore on any aspect of the business. Uh, and uh, I think that is only possible because not in words, but in action, they have always been there. I am thinking about this. Uh, it's called the sound relationship house. And it's all the tenets of a healthy relationship. And I think it applies as much as to romantic couples as it does to co-founder trios. And the two weight-bearing walls of this house, the house being the relationship, are trust and commitment. And over time, it takes time to build those up. And it sounds like what you're saying is you were you had a period of that growth in the three-month pilot and were very intentional about saying, this is how I'm feeling or I'm looking to build this trust and commitment and not in so many words, but saying, hey, I don't want to do this alone. Like what kind of asking, where are you at? This is important to me and getting a feel for that. And over time, building those walls and now a year and a half later, you're feeling very grounded in that those two walls being fully formed. 
Jed, I see you nodding. Yeah, I agree with what you said about the trust and commitment. Because uh, whenever we do have arguments or disagreements, at the back of our heads, we still know that, okay, we still trust each other. And we know that, okay, we might argue now, but we're all in here for the same purpose. And, you know, I'm not arguing with the person or we're not arguing with each other. We're arguing. It's like in the relationship therapy, it's, just, it's not me against you. It's us against the problem. So I think it's similar to what we're trying to do. And um, maybe just building on what they said earlier, a lot of times when we were stressed about things or we didn't have that good flow within our conversations, usually it's there's something going on with our own personal lives that just needed to be acknowledged. You know, and once you do that, you realize, okay, well, I mean, the reason why person A or person B was very stressed or very, you know, anxious today in the meeting was not because the idea was bad, not because the suggestion was bad. It was because of something that happened that kind of triggered, you know, that type of reaction. So for us, it's important to, you know, just take a step back and be like, okay, what's wrong? Is everything okay? Because I feel that, you know, there's something different with how you engage there's something different with how you react to things like this is not how you usually work this is not how you usually communicate so and once you uncover that you realize oh that's why and then you just make a decision okay do we just take a step back for now and then revisit this conversation again or you know should we keep going so it's these small things when it's still starting you already like acknowledge it so it doesn't get bigger down the road so that was such sure. a beautiful summary of some of the best and hardest communication principles being one, being aware of that difference and noticing in yourself, okay, something's off here. So one, there's the awareness, then mm. there's acknowledging it. There's studies on something called the action impact model where you say, I noticed mm. that you haven't been showing up how you typically do as this in this way. And that's made me curious or concerned for you, can you share more about where you're at? And framing that in a way that is approaching with curiosity and sharing the impact on you and your concern for that person as a person and doing that, as you said, early on, as early as when you notice it for the first time, as opposed to avoiding it because it mm -hmm. might be an awkward conversation or letting it fester over time saying, I'm sure it will resolve itself. It sounds like you're mm -hmm. taking the time yeah to bring that up right away, even when there's a hundred other priorities yeah. to talk about. And so that mm -hmm. that story is, I think it's so beautiful. I'm, I'm really grateful for you sharing that. Yeah. And maybe just another thing to note is we're all human beings. We can't assume that, oh, they know that this is what we feel. We can't assume that they know how we feel about certain things. So also being clear about that with each other also makes everything flow smoother. Absolutely. And so one of the hardest conversations that I've seen founding teams have is in terms of roles and titles, as well as equity splits and compensation. I'm curious if you could share more about how your team navigated those conversations. Like when was it a one-time conversation? Is it continuously evolving? And how you thought about, you either thought about or navigated those series of conversations. I think this is the best answer to this one is we each have our own strengths and none of we each have our own strengths to begin with. And then initially that's what we focused on. So I have experience in, in content creation, social media. So by default, I kind of took on, okay, I'm going to do the marketing side. Vice is really, you know, she has a background in economics. So I mean, by default, okay, finance and all these number stuff. Okay. You're going to 
do that. Max, as we mentioned, it's like the Energizer Bunny. So by default, okay, you're going to do the operational side of like logistics. So that's how we started. Okay, what are you good at? And then what, where could that fit within what we're doing? But that's an ongoing thing that we are trying to figure out because uh, it's not like we have clear roles that no one else is helping the other person. So we're still helping each other, but we do know our strengths and skills and what we could take the leads on. I think also something that helped us building our relationship, maybe touching on some of the earlier questions, is actually the nature of our business, which is carrying furniture. And if you've ever moved with somebody, you know, there's a lot of communication, of action together, of like helping each other out kind of happening. So if you do that three times a week for like one and a half years, I think it really binds together trying to figure out how to stuff a three-seater sofa into a tiny elevator. <laughs> it really gets you together on like, okay, we're here to figure this out together. If it's a sofa or if it's a business strategy. I love that. Before we close out, I have one final question that I like to ask all teams, which is what is one piece of advice each of you would give to an early stage team? One thing I've understood, and I think I'm going to continue to learn this throughout the experience with Cohabit is my work style is going to be different from theirs. That means my 100% looks different from their 100%. And when I uh, have some questions about, okay, I'm doing this, I don't see someone else doing it, doesn't mean that they are not giving their 100%. It looks different. And for each of us, that is always going to be different on different days as well. It's easier to judge than to ask, but it's better to ask. It's fantastic advice. For me, an advice I would give is, of course, on the one side, validate the pain point of the thing you're trying to solve very early and like validate that there is a pain point so you can actually continue with the business. But then as a team, have those check-ins and reflections together where everybody is and reflect over what has happened. How is that being connected to the problem that we're trying to solve? How do we feel about that? I think that checking in on like an emotional level and building that trust through that is uh, something that I will always carry with me now people may do things differently people may approach things differently but as long as you're going in the same direction i think it's the process is, is kind of negotiable i would say so it's just being open to the perspectives of other people uh, because i think especially with what we're trying to do in the field of you know sustained businesses uh, where there's a lot of struggles there's a lot of challenges ahead you can only make you know, the intended impact, if you keep an open mind, if you keep asking difficult questions, and if you're humble enough, most of the time to say that, okay, I'm wrong, you're right, and let's do it your way. So it takes a lot of uh, empathy and, and humility to really make things work in a team. But I mean, I would not do this business by myself. There's zero chance I would do it by myself. So, you know, even if there are disagreements, having a co-founding team that, that has this type of, you know, collective shared vision. It's, it's really one of the best things that, that you could uh, experience as a, as a founder. Wow. Your team has so beautifully captured the why people co-found and the beauty of having a founding team, as well as the challenges. 
of having a founding team and that it it can take more effort in certain places, can take more empathy and approaching conversations, navigating across difference and really bringing a lens of willingness to understand and honestly an eagerness to understand other perspectives. So I'm really grateful for your stories. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And I'm so excited to see where Cohabit goes. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for having us. That was the Cohabit team. Don't forget to follow them on your favorite social media accounts. Their handles are in the show notes below. Thanks for listening to the show this week. Please make sure to click the follow button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode of the show. I'm Annie Garofalo, and thank you for listening to How I Met My Co-Founder. 